Hey guys, real quick before we get started, we are doing a free giveaway for listeners between now and May 31st. Cash prizes, free swag, Yacht Meetup tickets, San Diego Padre tickets, and more. All you got to do to qualify is go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and drop a five-star review. Send a screenshot to giveaway at summerscapital.com and we'll be selecting lucky winners May 31st. As always, I appreciate the support. Now let's jump into the show. I'm super excited for our guest today. Um, Somebody that I've gotten to know pretty well over the last 12 months and, uh, you know, talk about A players and just people I love to hang out with. Just great conversation. You know, super, super hungry. He gets out there. He's an action taker. And he's he's been crushing the game the last 12 months. So today we've got uh, Mr. Rich Summers on the show. He's a real estate investor and entrepreneur. Uh, he holds an impressive portfolio of apartment buildings, boutique hotels, and short-term rentals valued in excess of 50 mil. Buying his first apartment by cashing out his 401k. I totally relate to that. <laughs> Summers knew to be successful until he had to take risks. Today, Rich is the CEO and founder of two uh, real estate businesses, Summer Cap- Summers Capital and Fortune Cribs. Summers Capital is a vertically integrated boutique hotel investment firm comprised of industry-leading executives with an in-house property management company, Fortune Cribs, and direct booking platform. Their firm is able to perform at levels superior to competitors. Fortune Cribs is a technology and data-driven real estate investment and management firm. A national portfolio specializes in top-tier turnkey short-term rentals. Fortune Cribs operates in Arizona, California, Florida, Indiana, and Tennessee, and is actively expanding across the U.S. And uh, without further ado, my brother, welcome to the show. What's up, boys? Pleasure to be here. Love Dude, chatting I'm, with you guys. I'm going to need always. a bigger piece of paper next time for your bio. Bro. <laughs> it's like, it needs to be written in the back of like a Walgreens receipt. You know what I mean? It's like one of the things that just like keeps on going. That's pretty um, funny. We're, we're in yeah. Oregon now too, so we're going to have to update that. Yeah. Oh, boom. And honestly, boom. bro, like one of, from the moment I met you and I remember you walking after me, like in Nashville, it was just like, one was the vibe. And then like, I've just seen you execute over time, putting out great content, just giving and just being so, you remind me a little bit of like a uh, Gary V, like you have that like Gary V kind of like hustle to you and like this just content, content, content. And like, I he's so way more it. suave than Gary V though. Yeah, <laughs> obviously like he's, yeah, he's, you know, new and improved Gary V, you know what I mean? But like always, I've been so looking forward to this. And every time I've talked about you coming on the show, I was always like, yeah, one second, I'm working on something. I'm like, wait, one second, I'm working on something. Wait, yeah. I'm not ready yet. I'm like, yeah, come on, like, let's let's do this. You know, you're like, one second, nope. okay, one more deal, one more <laughs> deal, and never come on. So I'm so grateful that you finally made it. Your new office behind you looks incredible. We were just talking off air about that. Um, yeah, if you guys are listening, you're going to want to watch this one on YouTube too, just an FYI. Yeah. Well, first of all, I appreciate you guys. And, and E, those are very kind words and, and humbling words. Um, had both of you guys on my old podcast, the Apartment Investing Podcast. And that's kind of how we kind of got to know each other initially. And then hanging out at Nashville and in Miami most recently. Definitely vibing with you guys. And I appreciate you guys having me on the show. It's a uh, pleasure to be here. Yeah, dude. So let, let's go back to that. I remember that podcast you and I did. It was about a year ago, actually, mm-hmm. right around this yep. month. And um I just saw like the light bulb go off in your head during that yeah. interview. So why don't why don't we go back to that point and then just let's just talk about like the last twelve months, dude? Because you just went on a tear. 
Yeah, absolutely. So at that point, um, I was solely buying apartments uh, to that point. And uh, in 2021, cap rates started compressing. There was just a lot of money looking for the same deals. I feel like there's so many mentorship programs out there within the apartment space. You know, Michael Blanc's got one and Jake and Gino and all these cats. And so just so much money looking for the same types of assets. And I feel like over the last 10 years, a lot of the value add components have been sucked out of these properties. And so it's like you're looking for a diamond in the rough. And so we would find ourselves underwriting, you know, 250 deals to maybe find one or two that penciled. And those one or two apartment deals that penciled would have 65 property tours and 45 offers. And by the time you got to best and final, if you were lucky enough to, you're going to have to overpay for that asset. And it's not really a good deal at that point. And so we, we remember like I would circle back with these brokers after they closed. And I'd be like, man, like that didn't pencil for us, but just curious, like what did that trade for? And we trade for like millions more than the guidance. I'm like, man, like we got to find something else. And so when I had you on the show last December, you know, my short-term rentals here in San Diego that I kind of backed into accidentally were just cash flowing like, like Kings and they were just smooth. You don't have to shake on them to keep them full. They just did great. And so when I had you in the show, I was like kind of looking for like, okay, what's that next move for me? And so interviewing you, like the light bulb came on. I'm like, man, like what if I started a co-hosting business? And so I was just super inspired. And uh, for your listeners out there, uh, I, I think literally like the next night after that show, I picked up the, the phone. I was like, I got to call Mike. Got you in the phone call, ended up joining your mastermind. And uh, because of that mastermind, I've been able to build a lot of what I have today. So thank you for that. Dude, it's been more than a pleasure like working with you guys. And I think one of the things that I noticed with you, right? And because you've had previous success in the way that you've accelerated it, your approach from the beginning was different than a lot of people in that immediately you were thinking about the who, right? And you went out and recruited some badass people for your team, even before you really had volume to support it. But you were like, dude, I just know if I build the infrastructure, I'll go find the deals, but I need the right people on the bus first. And you like built this infrastructure under you with like people that were bought into your vision. And like, then you just went to town and just started executing, right? And now you've got like this great culture, you've got great people on your team and like the deals are flowing. So like, do you want to like talk about that a little bit? Because I don't think that most people truly understand that like mindset shift. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, first, first and foremost, you know, there's a lot of books out there that say like, you know, profit first and go slow and play it safe. But it's like, man, like, you know, if you have the capital and I had the capital because I bought the other real estate deals that I, that I had going on. And so I think if you have the capital, you should invest in your business. And one of the best things you can do is invest in hiring the right people, putting the right people in the right seats. And once you build out that infrastructure, then you can re get ready to rock and roll. And so that's kind of what I did. And that's kind of the mindset that I've had in terms of like the hiring approach, man, we tried all sorts of different things. We, we tried uh, sourcing through ZipRecruiter and Indeed and some of those job posting sites. But, you know, what we found was a lot of those individuals are individuals that might jump around from job to job every six months or so. And now you're competing with 40 other employers that are also interviewing these people. And so we didn't find a lot of success doing that. But where I found the most success is from hiring from within the personal network, personal circle of people that I already know, like, and trust. And a lot of the individuals on the team were already working, you know, careers and, and kind of content with where they currently were. But I approached them and said, Hey, I have an opportunity. This is what we can do together would you like to talk about it? And ended up poaching a lot of them to come join us. And now we've built a nice team. There's six of us here full-time in the office. We got two uh, 
VAs in the Philippines. And so there's eight of us total, but we just have a nice team, a great vibe. We're all buying in this target together. We just implemented EOS and we're just, we're amped up, man. We're excited for this new chapter. Broke up with my partners with Pack 3 Capital about two months ago. And when I did that, I talked to the team. I'm like, hey, this is what's going down. Just so you guys know, I'm going to need you guys all on board and we're going to hire more people and we're going to, we're going to rock this shit. And um, they got excited. We got everyone on board. We got into this new office. We just built out the new podcast studio. We're dropping the podcast soon and uh, we're getting after it. We're going to, we're going to try to buy $25 million of boutique hotels in the next 12 months. That's the target. We got the first one under contract right now. It's a $6 million deal here, six blocks from our office in San Diego, downtown, Little Italy, which is like the trendiest hot neighborhood in San Diego. So excited for it, man. Hey guys, real quick, I'm trying to hit 1,000 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts within the first month of our launch so we can move up in the rankings and reach new audiences. In order for this to happen, I'm gonna need the help of you guys. If you could please take two seconds and leave a five-star review and rating, it would mean the world to me. We're also giving away cash prizes, free swag, and tickets to our yacht meetups here in San Diego. We'll be selecting winners January 18th to qualify. All you need to do is leave a review and send a screenshot to giveaway at summerscapital.com. I love you guys. And now back to the show. Damn, bro. Oh, so good. Yeah. To our listeners, this is what we like rich. Like, you know what I mean? Like this is how rich is all the time. And this is how rich is in person. This is how rich is on shows. This is how rich is. And like, you need a rich in your life, right? Like either like somebody that like you look up to or somebody that you have as a friend or like somebody that you want to be friends with. You need people like this, right? Mike, you have a bunch of directions you want to take it in. I yeah, have so I think, so I think first, I kind of want to yeah. talk about like the progression of like, you got a bunch of like nice luxury, like STRs, and then you kind of made the leap into the hotel. So let's talk about like kind of the progression, you know, over the last 12 months of like how many deals, because people always want to know the details of like, how many deals should I do before I do a hotel? And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. it's not exactly a mathematical formula. So I always yeah. like to, pick people's brains on how they made that jump and when it made sense. Yeah. So I'll answer that question in terms of like a process and like mindset. So when I first joined um, your mastermind and said, okay, I'm going to launch a a co-hosting business because at that time I had three short-term rentals here in San Diego and I had a part-time assistant who was doing the guest comms. And so I thought, okay, well, as I build the team, we can manage other people's properties and bring in more revenue that way. And so initially the thought process was let's make this a one-shop stop We'll underwrite the deals, we'll source them, we'll negotiate them, and then we'll bring them to a client who's already pre-approved. They close on it, and then we do all the work. We do the design, the setup, we operate everything, kind of making it truly hands-off. And so, I don't know, we got to about 20 or so of those deals, and um, that's when interest rates really started to hike up. The Fed was just doing these heavy increases, and that, that was the time when I'm like, hey guys, like we gotta pivot because I don't wanna be advising clients to buy these deals when I feel like the market's going to soften, right? And so that's when we said, okay, what are we going to pivot to? And that was when the boutique hotel idea came to fruition. I was actually down in Medellin, Colombia at the time. I was working remotely for a week and I was in a coffee shop and I was just browsing deals on LoopNet. And I came across a 10 room hotel in Northern California, right on the beach. And it was uh, up by the Oregon border called the broker. She's like, yeah, like it's available. The seller's willing to finance it. A lot of deal, a lot of uh, groups have inquired, but no one's actually took the time to come up here and do their own due diligence. And so 
I called my partner, Mike, at the time. I said, hey, let's fly up there. Let's go check out this deal. We went up there. We actually stayed on the hotel overnight. And we went and like met a bunch of the surrounding hotel inn managers and some of the surrounding properties. And we became friends with them. And a lot of them, the one next door, actually, I remember we went over that night. She sent us, she showed us all her books, all the revenue. So this deal that we were buying, they had one, we went up there on a Monday night. They had one of the 10 rooms occupied. This property had been doing $200,000 in gross revenue a year, kind of a rural area, but like beautiful right on the water. And we thought, dude, I don't know if we're able to make this deal work just with the market fundamentals and that sort of thing. But the hotel in manager next door showed us all her, their books and they were doing seven fifty a year and they weren't even on Airbnb or Verbo. And they were also 10 rooms. Um, but our hotel was bigger. It had living rooms. It had fireplaces, ocean views. And so we thought, man, if they can do seven fifty without you know, Airbnb and Verbo, we can maybe push a million. And so that's what gave us the confidence to pursue that deal. I love that, dude. Wow. Love that. Learning to become a successful real estate investor can take a lot of time and dedication, which some people just don't have. If you're one of these individuals, this doesn't mean you can't invest in real estate. My company, Summers Capital, is buying a bunch of boutique hotels right now, and you can invest with us in these deals without having to do any of the work. Our team sources the deals, we secure the lending, we take care of all the renovations, and we even handle all the day-to-day operations with our in-house management company, making it truly hands-off and passive for our investors. If you want to learn more, to see if we can help you, go to summerscapital.com slash invest to book a call with our team. Again, that's summerscapital.com slash invest. Now back to the show. And then, so that was a 10 unit. So now you're pushing like 30 units total on the yeah. SDRs, right? And this is within how many months? Yeah. So right now we're, uh, we just, we just onboarded a, um, a co-hosting deal, a seven room boutique hotel in Oregon. So I think that puts us at close to 50. Dude. Yeah. Close to 50. And like, 12 months. 12 months, not even because yeah. I think you started up in like January, like realistically. Yeah. So January. Like, yeah. I think that yeah. we, the first, the first few we closed in February of last year. Yeah. Yeah. So, so guys, like, think about that again. Like that's why like a lot of people talk about mindset and we talk about mindset a lot, but it's like, it's so crucial, dude. Like he's learning the same information that a lot of other people learn, but like, why did he accelerate it so fast? Cause he was clear on what he wanted. He had the right mindset. He built a good team and then he just went for it right? Like a lot of people would see that deal on LoopNet and be like, yeah, that's probably a good deal. And then maybe reach out and then they're like, yeah, we've had some inquiries, but nobody's coming up here to look at it. And then they're like, well, I don't really want to fly up there either. Right. It's like, no, like I'm going to go check it out. I might have an opportunity here. Mm-hmm. Right. So we got that one going. How has that one been going or is it live yet? Or did you guys need to reno or? Yeah, that one's been doing good. So we shut it down. We continue to operate for like two months through the busy season. And then we shut it down October one. And the cool thing is, is because of the slowdown right now in the economy and the real estate market, you can utilize a couple things to your advantage. Right now, it's never been easier to get seller financing. So we're able to get seller financing on a deal and it's never been easier to get good contractors to do work. So the group that I used in Scottsdale to renovate that luxury property, they hit me up and they said, hey, if you got any of the projects you're working on, I don't care where it is in the country, we'll fly our crew out. So they brought their whole crew up to Northern California they're staying on the hotel. They're away from their families. And so guess what they're doing? They're, they're working nights and weekends so they can get back home. So they actually knocked they're out the whole job, job, renovated the entire thing inside and outside in seven weeks. They started first week Damn. of October. They got done by Thanksgiving because they wanted to go home. I mean, think about that. Damn. And that's, that normally would have been a four or five month job. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and it's kind of similar to like, it's the whole like thing with, with you, Rich. It's like, even with them, right? Like they are moving super fast and it's just like you move super fast, right? So mm-hmm. it's a thing that like 
overall is just like what's happening with you. And I think it goes back to what Mike was saying, right? A clear idea and intention of where you're going, how you're getting there. And then just like staying in your power. Because I remember like us talking in Miami. And that's the thing that for you is very important. Is like, okay, what is Rich good at? And then Rich is going to stay where Rich is good at. And then Rich is going to find support all around. Mm-hmm. And so like, I would love for you to talk about like, in terms of like supporting you, who was the first hire and like, who are the key hires that you can see in your, in your last 12 months? You're mm-hmm. like, okay, these people made a huge difference in my life. Yeah. So when I started the co-hosting business, I knew that we needed to go out and get a few deals under contract and in the pipeline. And so we had the first three in the pipeline and they were a couple of weeks out from closing. And I knew, hey, we're going to have to send someone out to go launch these properties and design them and get them up and running and get them live. And I knew I wasn't going to be the one. And so I brought on uh, Jennifer, who is now operations manager, and she's doing a bunch of different stuff. She's been basically running that side of the company since day one and brought her on. She just jumped literally right in. And um, it was great because I had actually, this is going back about two years, I had helped her and her fiance buy their first short-term rental here in San Diego about 18 months prior. It was two units. And so she was hosting those properties while she was working her day job. And so I thought, wow, she's already got the experience. She already knows the operations. It'd be a perfect fit. And so she was really just plug and play. So brought her on. That was the first one. And then moving forward, as we continue to grow the portfolio, we brought on VAs to do the guest communications and then brought on another uh, individual, Andrea, who's been killing it. And she helps with, with a lot of different stuff within the operations and the day-to-day vendor relationships um, and helps manage a lot of the VAs and, and that part of the, the business as well. And then with the summer's capital side, we're using that really to raise capital, to source these boutique hotels and put these deals together. So I knew when I broke up my partners, I'm going to need a few hires. So one was director of acquisitions. So went out to one of my guys. He was actually owned some short-term rentals. He was an engineer for Amazon. He was like, Rich, if you ever need someone to come do the real estate stuff with, let me know. I'm willing to quit my job. He's like, I want to get into real estate. So he was my first guy. And then I brought on two others. One is a director of investor relations and executive assistant. And then another one, uh, Lauren, she is a director of asset management. So she's doing all the asset management. But with that, She's going to be doing all the pricing tools for like all of our portfolio. So I thought, why not hand her the keys to our short-term rental portfolio and have her dial in the pricing and that sort of thing. Um, so when we start buying these hotels, we can just hit the ground running. That's kind of I what love I that, about. dude. Yeah, yeah, I love that. What a team. Yeah. What's um? I'm curious, selfishly, because I've been considering the that director of acquisition. Mm-hmm. Are they basically just going out building relationships, or they're like solely? sourcing deals or are they trying to get like the funding lined up too or like what does that position look like yeah so it's primarily sourcing and underwriting these deals because if we're taking down a couple deals and we don't have the capacity to take down another one but we have another good deal on our lap we'll just wholesale it and then take a fee right it's literally like the roi on wholesaling a hotel is so good because it literally requires no other time other than underwriting the deal and sourcing it. So um, that's basically what what he's doing. So how we're sourcing is we have CoStar. And so literally every morning, team comes in here. First thing first thing he does is go on uh, LoopNet, Crexy, and just search for any brand new hotel listings in the country. Anything that's less than a few days old, what's new, scan those deals. Is it worth engaging? If not, great, move on. And then we're building out our list of brokers right now. And so mm-hmm. within CoStar, you can select any market in the country that you're interested in investing in. And you can pull up the top brokers who have all the transactions over the last few years. And so we'll start with those brokers. We'll cold call them. 
introduce ourselves, let them know who we are, let them know, hey, we got hot money looking to go to work and uh, we're ready to we're ready to get some stuff under contract if you have the right opportunity. And so we'll put them on a list. We have an email list and then we have a text message list. So every Monday, we'll send out a blast text message to all these brokers in our network and say, hey, hope your weekend was well. Just checking in. What are the chances you might have uh, something in your pipeline that you're working on that might fit our criteria? Again, this is what we're looking for. And We've got a lot of deals that uh, kind of sent our, our way that way via leads. And then we're also doing a referral program to where anyone out there, whether it's through social media, any of these brokers that we work with, if you bring us an off-market boutique hotel that we close on, we'll pay you a $50,000 finder's fee. That's amazing. Love that, dude. Love and that. and what, what does your buy box look like? And then is there certain deals that go into the buy box and it's like, it's a maybe, or if it's a maybe, it's a no. Like, what does that kind of process look like? How do you qualify yeah. your deals? So first of all, to me, like anything in business, relationships, life, like it's a yes or no. I think the maybes are the the, the ones that just suck time out of your life, right? So mm-hmm. the quicker I can get to a yes or a no, the quicker I can move on and get to another yes, right? And so with the deal yeah. sourcing process, um, our search criteria really is two to 10 million. We like the heavy value add stuff. So well-located assets. We love the coastal stuff. Well-located assets that are heavy value add. So stuff that hasn't been touched or renovated in decades. We love, we love stuff that hasn't traded in decades because most likely that seller has a lot of equity and they're willing to sell or carry. Um, and so for our model to work, we really need to be able to go in and like two, three, maybe four X the revenue of these properties in like 18 months through our renovation package and through our operations. Yep. And I think that's super important, right? Because I was talking to some folks this weekend in Scottsdale about this, where like commercial real estate is an insider's game, Mm -hmm. right? So like you may be able to, like we got our first deal off LoopNet. Well, kind of. It was on LoopNet for, it was sitting on LoopNet for a while. And then my, my partner found it a little bit later. But by you creating the relationships with those brokers and sending those weekly blasts, Mm-hmm. Okay. They're, you're constantly staying top of mind. So what happens when a broker gets a deal in commercial real estate? They look at the deal and then they start hitting up all the previous investors that they've sold stuff to. I don't, I don't think it's laziness, but it's just like, Hey, this is who I know I can trust yeah. to close deals. Mm-hmm. And they give them first dips, right? So if mm-hmm. you're staying top of mind, you're going to see these assets before anybody else does. And the other thing that you didn't mention, but I want to pull it out is your buy box, like two to 10 mil. I think that is the perfect sweet spot right now because it's too big for most people like individuals but it's way too small for the big money Mm -hmm. so you're limiting your competition when you're focusing on properties in that price point because you're not going against the hedge funds and everybody else it's just like it's just too small for them they're managing billions of dollars they're like i'd have to do 50 of these things for it to even make sense Mm -hmm. 100 percent. and another tip to your for your listeners out there is you know when you're underwriting these deals and a broker sends you a deal and if, even if it's a no-go and, and you're going to pass on it, always follow up with that broker. Thank them for the opportunity. Let them know the specific reasons why it didn't work for your model. And then remind them, reiterate your search criteria so that way they can go and find you the right deal. I have a lot of broker friends and what they tell me is 95% of investors out there never follow up and never tell them why it doesn't work. And so if you're just one of those investors that follows up all the time, it puts you in the top 5% of all the other buyers out there. And so next time that broker has a deal, guess who they're going to hit up first? They're going to hit you up. Yeah. And by creating that iterative, iterative process over time, like 
by educating them, you're going to have to review less deals because mm-hmm. then they're going to end up figuring out, all right, this is like the perfect deal for rich. Here you go. Right. But like you said, the communication piece is big. This is a relationship business. So again, if somebody takes the time out to give you a shot and send you a deal and you don't even respond, it's kind of like a slap in the face guys. So like at least respond and be like, Hey, like rich said, thank you so much. Here's why this deal doesn't work for us. And again, this is what we're looking for. Like it's, it's just basic business, but it's like not common practice, which blows my mind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. So that's kind of what we're looking at geographically. Like we're really targeting the coastal areas. Um, I know there's some, some, you know, national parks in the middle of the country that do very well, but generally speaking, you know, it's going to cost the same for us to renovate a hotel in Oklahoma than it is in Santa Barbara. But I know in Santa Barbara, we're going to make a lot, we're going to create a lot more equity from those same renovations as we are in Oklahoma. So for me, I'd rather go in these, these, you know, high growth markets that are coastal to where I know they're not going to go anywhere long-term. Love it. 